0: Think about Loha trying to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! alone looking for his first hit of the year. Oh. He drives one! Deep left field! Back goes Upton! Back near the wall! It's out of here! Bartolo
1: has done it!
0: There's only one word that comes to mind. Greatness. What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. Um, Today, I have on Georgia Bulldogs superfan and U.S. Army enlistee, Austin Bennett. Uh, Austin, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. How about you?
0: I'm doing good. Uh, Ready to talk some SEC football, man. Um, So you, uh, obviously, Georgia Bulldogs, like I said, uh, massive uh, Georgia Bulldogs fan. We all know this the success that Georgia's had over the past couple years under Kirby Smart, um, getting to a national championship, winning um, an SEC title, uh, incredible recruiting. But uh, for people, including myself, that don't know um, into the Georgia program as in-depth, could you um, kind of go over the Georgia program as a whole?
1: Right, so... um Georgia, Georgia, this upcoming year, I think is it's going to be a, a pivotal kind of career year, I guess you could say for Kirby Smart. You know, I think it's his what his fourth or fifth year as Georgia's head coach, and uh, obviously he's had some success in the past couple of years with a uh, a Rose Bowl win, you know, an SEC championship win, a national championship appearance. But um, I think this next year is really going to kind of determine. I guess what everybody thinks of Kirby Smart and the Georgia football program. So um you know two huge games with Alabama and of course with Florida. Um I know Alabama's is pretty early in the year. So that game could I guess determine the uh, the entire morale for the rest of the year in terms of um Georgia's playoff hopes, you know? Cuz uh with the the new 10 game schedule or whatever, it's kind of difficult without uh out of conference opponents to lose especially in a game like that. So, um, yeah, I, I think Georgia should do pretty well next year. I know we lost a, a lot of talent on the O-line, of course. Um, uh, what's his name? DeAndre Swift. Uh, a lot in the secondary as well. Um, but, you know, as a whole, I think, I think Georgia's going to be pretty well off next year in the, uh, the new 10-game schedule.
0: Yeah, I mean, because that's the thing for Georgia. It's uh, it's definitely not going to be talent-efficient. They've been pulling in, uh, you know, top recruiting classes easily. So, it's just going to see. This is really to the point where it's entirely, you know, looking at how Kirby Smart is developing these guys. Um, and, I mean, you're right. There's They're definitely losing uh, some good guys on the offensive line, Andrew Thomas, um, as well as Isaiah Wilson. Right. Um you you lose DeAndre Swift, but they're just so talented everywhere. They'll they'll make up for it. You got what they still have what's his name? Zamir White.
1: Yeah, Zamir White.
0: Um they have him and you you lose from too, but moving on to the next big question is what are your thoughts? You got JT Daniels, um just got eligibility recently, transferring from USC former five-star uh quarterback uh or you got Jamie Newman the Um, also grad transfer, graduate transfer from Wake Forest, uh, dual threat guy, um, coming off a pretty good year with the Demon Deacons.
1: Um, I, in this QB battle, I, personally, I have Jamie Newman and I know a lot of Georgia fans probably are going to hate me for that because, you know, JT Daniels, five-star quarterback from USC, obviously who, who wouldn't want him, right? So, um, You know, but Jamie Newman has so much more experience than JT Daniels. Um, Obviously, JT was hurt all year last year. Um, Had uh, Kedon Slavis, I think is how you pronounce his name, come in as the the quarterback and kind of take over that program. Um, But I, I have Jamie Newman just for the experience factor. I do think, you know, kind of midway through the year, if, you know, Jamie starts struggling or something like that, whatever the case may be. That uh I think I think JT will come in and I think he'll do pretty well. And um I think it's gonna be a battle of the second half of the year, more so than I guess before the season would start. Uh, because you know, you never really know what they're gonna do until they get in the, the big moments. So uh we'll we'll definitely have to see, you know, whether or not uh Jamie Newman can live up to the hype. But if not, we have J T Daniels, so either way. I think we're going to be
0: all right. Yeah, I mean, that's a terrific situation to come into. Um, That's the kind of problem every program dreams of. Um, You have a guy that just had a terrific um, year at Wake Forest, and then you bring in a former five-star quarterback. Um, There's really no losing in that situation. I do happen to agree. I think think Jamie Newman makes the most sense to me. I like his dual threat ability. I like Mm -hmm. his experience. Um, the thing about, and and that's not to discredit JT Daniels, but JT Daniels, we've seen a lot less of, um, 2018, um, he definitely showed a lot of promise, but ultimately, uh, his total numbers were unspectacular. He threw 14 touchdowns, but also through 10 interceptions, he threw for 2,600 yards. So that's not to discredit. I think JT Daniels will be very good. Um, but I, for this year, I think Jamie Newman, um, just brings more versatility, um, possibly more consistency. But that that being said, you do have the option to mix and match if someone's struggling. Um, on top of that, Newman being a graduate transfer, I think it makes sense. Um, if it's kind of a close battle, he's, he's the graduate transfer. Uh, this will be his only year. He has more experience, and he's a dual-threat guy. Um, ver- whereas JT Daniels, he's not... Um, you don't have to, you're going to have him. He's probably going to be the quarterback after this year, um, regardless. Right. So for me, I happen to side with Newman, but um, replacing Jake Fromm, who, yeah, Jake Fromm wasn't necessarily as spectacular as everyone thought he'd yeah. be after his freshman year. But regardless, he yeah. was a solid quarterback that you're uh, replacing with uh, two incredible guys.
1: Right, you know, both of those guys really uh... – they have a lot of talent both of them you know jamie as you talked about his uh, his dual threat capabilities and you know i i think jt daniels is more of a uh, a georgia a georgia offense kind of guy you know i think he fits more with what we've ran in the past years um but it's going to be really interesting to see how jamie can transition you know to the sec because it's a lot tougher than the acc i think especially you know somewhere like wake forest um, where the only real competition you have is you know, North Carolina and Clemson. So it's going to be interesting to see, but I think he'll adapt pretty well.
0: No, that's, and that's the one thing is neither of these guys are guarantees to be absolute studs because, I mean, you're right. The SEC is a totally different animal. It's 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 far and wide the best conference in football that's not debatable. You got uh you know the offense has been transitioning. We've seen, you know, the type of year LSU put up last year, but the SEC is where premier defense is played. So when you got a guy transferring in from a school like Wake Forest in a week, ACC and JT Daniels coming, yes, he comes from a good overall USC program, but playing against the Pac-12, um there's going to be some form of learning curve coming to the SEC and having, you know, to go up against schools like Alabama, Florida. And, I mean, even some of the, like, I think you throw some of even these mid-tier teams in the SEC um, into other conferences, and they can be competing for divisions. That's just how incredible the SEC is with talent and such. Um, and I, I was looking, when I was looking up uh, Newman and Daniels' stats comparatively and just kind of doing some research, JT Daniels is a funny-looking guy. He, uh,
1: yeah.
0: he's got, whew. I see his, his photo on ESPN, he has like, <laughs> oh, he has kind of a little bit of shaggy hair and then just kind of a gross goatee. And All then right,
1: you, are you, you're talking about his mustache, right? And then, and then,
0: and then in the other photo, he has the mustache and he has like the middle part, uh. Uh, yeah, he's a
1: funny looking dude for sure, yeah. Funny
0: looking dude. I think if you if you can sing it like him, I mean he was he was the number sixteen player in the country um coming out of high school, um, Santa Ana. But it, it it'll be fun to see. Um definitely interesting to see amongst um other quarterback battles. And just looking into quarterbacks throughout the SEC. Um, uh, I'm I I uh who who are you thinking? Who's uh what programs are towards the top in um their projected starting quarterbacks in 2020 and who's towards the bottom for you?
1: Uh, well, I'll start towards the top. I think number one has to be Mississippi State, just because you know, I, I and KJ Costello, the transfer, obviously from Stanford. Um, he's just he's one of the most experienced in the conference. Obviously, uh, Jamie Newman, uh, Kellen Mon, you know Kyle Trask—they're very experienced too. But KJ Costello—he was—he was no joke at Stanford. So uh, I gotta put Mississippi State at number one, and that can be up for debate. But right now, I, I think it's got to be Mississippi State. So uh, number two, I gotta go with Florida. Uh, Kyle Trask—obviously, we saw what he did last year. Um, I don't know. He may have a sophomore slump. But I don't see that happening. Uh, he was really good last year. You know, he uh, he put up a fight against Georgia. Uh, he put up a fight against LSU. Actually, almost beat LSU. Uh, I think Florida was the closest team to do that, if I'm not mistaken. I, I
0: think they were.
1: Right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were. They but They took him right
0: down to the wire.
1: <laughs> they did. Yeah. They They put up a lot more of a fight than um than Georgia. You know probably not alabama but i guess georgia and clemson did uh, and especially oklahoma we're not even going to talk about yeah that. i mean <laughs> uh, yeah i think kyle trask at number two makes sense and then for me number three uh kellen mond in texas a&m obviously mond you know he's been there for a couple of years and he i think for me he's always been kind of a middle of the run guy uh middle of the road guy sorry um but I, I really think that's going to change next year, um, you know, uh, what's his name, Jimbo Fisher, uh, you know, having a lot more experience under his belt at Texas A&M, I think is really going to benefit Mond, and um, I think, I think Kellen Mond fits at number three pretty well too. Uh, so, number four, I actually have Jamie Newman, which we just talked about, we just hit on a little bit. Um Obviously, again, another guy who has a lot of experience in, you know, the SEC. But, like I said earlier, it's going to be really interesting to see how he transitions to the SEC, and I think he's going to do pretty well, but I just don't see him stacking up uh, against these top three guys that I put. But um, I think he fits towards the top as much as anybody. Um, Number five, I got Mac Jones from Alabama. So... Mac he obviously didn't play last year you know it was all to his program he got a little play time didn't he towards the end of the year yeah when when two went
0: down he started um like he started maybe four four games or so
1: right he started against auburn i remember that he actually did i don't actually i don't know how well he did he, against,
0: well, auburn. against auburn he overall he had a good game but he threw two right. he threw two really costly pick sixes that that's what cost them the game which one wasn't his fault the other one was was an awful read but um yeah
1: yeah Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say about how well he did against Auburn and I remember the pick sixes but uh you know Mac Jones at number five I think fits it makes sense he's not as good again you know as the top three guys and he's I think a lot further away than the top four guys are I think it's kind of one, two, three and then bumps a little bit to Jamie Newman and then takes a, a big hit with Mac Jones at five. But um I think obviously any quarterback is gonna thrive in Alabama Alabama's system, you know, that program. They're gonna be successful either way with Nick Saban. So uh, it's not too big of an issue if he's not great, I guess. Yeah. When you have when you have, you know, running backs like they do and, you know, weapons like they do overall. But um yeah, I think I think it'll be a, a good year for Mac Jones in Alabama. Uh, number six, I got Bo Nix and um, Auburn. You know, Bo was a little, I guess, inconsistent last year. Uh, I remember the Oregon game; he did really well. I think, you know, I think his first couple of games he did pretty well. Um, you know, he played like a like a true freshman would. You know. He made a lot of sloppy mistakes, a lot of costly errors uh, along the way, but he also showed a lot of potential and shine through all of that. So um, I know very little about Bo Nix from, you know, what we've seen the first year, but um, I know he's got a lot of potential. Uh, If he can correct those mistakes, you know, those costly mistakes, those mental errors, like I think he will. uh, I think he'll be pretty good for Auburn next year. And uh, number seven, so number seven, I had Felipe Franks in Arkansas. Um, You know, I actually think he's going to be pretty good next year with Arkansas. Obviously, you know, it's Arkansas, and you're playing against the SEC. So I don't don't know how the bowls are going to work with this 10-game schedule. I'm not sure how that's going to work. But if it was a 12-game schedule, let's say like normal, I think I think they could go six and six and squeak into a bowl game uh, with Felipe Franks, maybe even seven and five, you know, on a pretty good year for Arkansas. But uh, I think I think Felipe Franks and Arkansas are gonna be decent next year. Uh, obviously not anywhere near the top, but they're not gonna be nearly as bad as they were last year, and I think Felipe Franks has a lot to do with that. Uh, at number eight, Terry Wilson in Kentucky um terry wilson i know didn't didn't he get hurt i think yeah
0: he got hurt hurt, then the backup got hurt so they played lynn bowden at quarterback just running wildcat
1: right he was a star yeah uh so um terry wilson at eight uh it's kentucky kentucky's not nearly as bad i don't think as arkansas i don't think they're gonna be nearly as bad as arkansas is gonna be next year but um it's an all-SEC schedule, so I think Kentucky will struggle. Um, and, you know, Terry Wilson's not much of a passer. He's more of a kind of take-off-and-scramble guy. Um, so, I don't know. I think, I think you know, he's going to have a decent year next year. He's not going to be anything too special. You know, he's not going to be a Lynn Bowden. So. Uh, but I think he does well with Kentucky next year, just not great. Uh, let's see here, number nine. I had John. I think it's Reese Plumley, right? Yeah. With Ole Miss. So, uh, another guy that's more of a running quarterback than a passing quarterback, and you know, I, I'm not quite sure who's going to start. I don't know if it's going to be John Reese Plum, Plumley or Matt Corral. Uh, but I know John Reese Plumley was uh, pretty electric last year. So, I think during his uh, his sophomore year, he'll get a lot better. I think he'll be. Uh, better passing the football too, um, you know. Ole Miss is no slouch on the offensive side of the ball. Ever, I can't really remember a time where they were bad on the offensive side of the ball in the past couple of years. It's mainly been defense. So, I mean, who knows? Ole Miss could be a wild card team. I think. I'm.
0: If, I'm. You know, I think. I think Ole Miss is gonna pull off an upset or two. Lane like, seems like something Lane Kiffin would do.
1: Right? Yeah. Lane Kiff- Kiffin has a history of you know. Doing crazy stuff. So uh an upset wouldn't surprise me next year for Ole Miss. And uh I think I think John Reese Plumlee will do pretty well with them next year, especially in his second year. Uh let's see. Number ten, I had Ryan Helensky in South Carolina. So obviously is he did decent last year. Wasn't – didn't he come in as the – I think it was the third-string quarterback, right, or was it the second-string quarterback?
0: I don't even remember. I know Bentley went down. I don't know if there was another middle guy. Um, I don't know.
1: I thought – I think there was another middle guy, and I think he was the third-string quarterback. Because he might have been. I, I remember, you know, getting talked to by some uh, some South Carolina fans telling me how he just got beat by a third-string quarterback. So, um. Uh, Ryan Holinsky at 10, you know, he's not as good as any of these other guys, I don't think. But uh, something he showed last year is that he had heart, especially with beating Georgia uh, as a third-string quarterback, if he is a third-string quarterback. (laughs) So uh, he did show that last year. Um, I don't think South Carolina is going to be as talented as a lot of these teams next year. Um, I can't really talk too much trash on them because you know they did beat georgia so uh next year i i, I think they'll be a lot better than some of these teams but holinsky i don't think is going to shine in that that south carolina offense yeah. so uh, let's go to number 11 uh jared garantano uh with tennessee um i think last year garantano he did pretty well didn't he he did pretty decent um Let me find it. So, Towards the end of the year, I'm pretty sure when he hit the Alabama and you know uh, some of those other teams, the Alabamas and uh, the LSU's um, of the SEC, obviously. But uh, he did pretty well last year. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he threw uh, he threw
0: sixteen uh, TDs and eight interceptions. Um, you have a little bit of an echo.
1: All right, is it fixed?
0: Uh, yeah, it's better. It's better. Um, okay. here. Sorry about that. Um. Yeah, I'm looking at it. He, honestly, he was just really inconsistent, it looks like it to me. But, sorry, continue.
1: Yeah, he he was pretty inconsistent last year. I know he had his ups and his downs. Uh, but you can kind of expect that at Tennessee, which uh, they're on the rise for sure. But it's Tennessee, so they haven't been very good for, what, I think three or four years now. Um, I think Jeremy Pro is going to turn that around. Uh, I don't know if Garantano is going to be the guy for that necessarily. I think they're going to find somebody, uh, after he leaves, that's really going to turn that program around. But, uh, Garantano is just not the guy for that. And then at number 12, I had Miles Brennan with LSU. Um, we didn't really see him too much last year. I mean, we saw him some with the, some of the blowouts that happened, obviously. But, um, you know, the main focus of LSU was Joe Burrow. So, uh, miles Brennan, if he learned anything under Burrow though, he should be a stud next year. It's kind of hit or miss with him. You don't really know too much about him. You know, he's been behind Burrows Uh, so I think, I think that's what puts him at 12. And, uh, these last two guys at 13 and 14, I really don't know too much about Sean Robinson at Missouri and, uh, Ken Seals for Vanderbilt. um, I don't know too much about them. Uh, I'm not quite sure how they're going to do. Uh, obviously, I think Missouri is going to be a much better team than Vanderbilt, but um, I don't really know too much about those last two guys. So,
0: yeah. Um, here, I'll go. I'll go reverse order. I think overall we have a pretty similar list. Um, 14. I have Vandy and Ken Seals. Um, right. I had to like. I, I had to research it. I mean, he's he's a freshman and he's probably already the leader. They only have like. One guy in the competition that's like thrown a pass, a transfer from, he played a transfer from, who played two games at Hawaii and then went to San Bernardino. I don't know. It's Vandy. Right. Vandy's a mess. I I hope the best for former Alabama uh, receiver Matt Hereford there, but I mean, other than that, I don't know if I can name another Vandy player. Truth be told, um,
1: yeah, the, Keyshawn Vaughn was the only one. Yeah, I Yeah,
0: Ke- exactly. Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, when it, uh, what was it uh. Shermer's kid. I don't remember his first name. Kyle Shermer? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, uh, then Missouri Sean Robinson. He um <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was with TCU in 2018, then transferred. Um uh, didn't didn't do too well. Um people say that um there's some upside um has a little bit of talent, but given how good the rest of this list is and the unknowns with him, um he's at thirteen for me. At twelve I have Jared Garantano it's just a roller coaster ride with him. And I agree with all of what you said about how Tennessee's a program on the rise, but I agree that I don't think he's the person to get it done. Um okay. just just so inconsistent. And I mean, like here, let me I don't wanna say anything incorrect, but when you look at his stats, I mean he just he hasn't gotten much better. He's just he's just been he's just been very mediocre and I, I like Jeremy Pruitt. Um, I don't think he's going to be bad, bad, but um, not a fan of Garantano overall, so he's at 12. 11, I have Miles Brennan. You said it. We're kind of in the dark on him. He's thrown, I mean, 67 career passes, um, none really with any meaning behind him. Uh, so you can only speculate. You know he's going to have weapons around him. You have Jamar Jamar Chase and the rest of that talented offense. Um, You just kind of have to give him the benefit of the doubt that um, he's going to be good with the guys around him, but it's hard to justify putting him any higher than this when we haven't seen him play. Um, Then 10-I have Kentucky, led by uh, Mr. Touchdown Terry. Um, When he's healthy, he was very fun to watch. 2018, you said it, he's much more of a running quarterback. When you really look at his stats, I mean, he he wasn't that great, but he's a very fun player to watch, and I hope he's able – He's finally healthy um he'll be fun to watch. they also have um decent quarterback depth. they have Sawyer Smith who also went down. he wasn't great when he played but um i think he he's solid depth i hope uh Nick Scalzo the guy from qB one I hope at some point he'll find his way on um that but i mean that's all, that's all a separate conversation um yeah uh touchdown terry at ten i wanna i wanna see him healthy i wanna see. Uh, with a guy like him at quarterback, he's inconsistent, but if he if he's on, he could definitely lead them uh, to an upset win, um, which I mean would be really fun to watch. Nine, I have uh, Arkansas with Felipe Franks. I'm, um, I don't know, I'm just not super high on Felipe Franks. I know everyone always r- was raving about that 2018, se- 2018 season where he had like the 24 TDs to six interceptions. Um, I just, I, I didn't really buy into it, I think. Uh, I think the regression could be seen from a mile away. And you go from a Florida team where, okay, Florida might not have necessarily had the most talented offense in the SEC with the likes of Georgia, LSU, and Alabama, but a very talented team. And then you go to Arkansas where, I mean, he's not going to have a lot of, um like, premier guys around him. I, I don't think he's necessarily going to be bad, but I can't. I feel like his ceiling's kind of limited at Arkansas. Um, I agree. I I understand. I mean, I don't think you can put him much lower because I'd be shocked if he was, like, god-awful. But um, just kind of around with Arkansas. I think Arkansas might not be as miserable, but I I, I don't see too much success for Arkansas, especially in an SEC-only conference um, schedule because they don't get any breaks. Um, Because for a team like Arkansas – uh, you really need those couple of non conference games, the cupcakes, to give yourself a chance at a bowl game. So I think they'll struggle again. Uh eight I have Ryan Helensky, true freshman, um, thrown into the job. Uh all things considered, did pretty good. Eleven touchdowns, uh five interceptions, threw for twenty three hundred yards. Um, you're right. Um South Carolina's losing some talent. They're losing um what was it, Brian Edwards. Um they're I mean, I don't know if he statistically was, but easily their best wide receiver. Um, I, I don't dislike Helinski. Um, Similarly to Franks, um, just might not necessarily have uh, immense talent around him, but he's going into his sophomore year. He was pretty highly touted um, as a recruit. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. But um, just with how talented and deep the SEC is, he finds himself at eight. Um, seven. I have John Reese Plumley, who I absolutely love. I wrote um, an article about uh, under the radar guys in every single uh, big uh, Power Five conference. Make sure to check that out, the Redshirt Blog. Um, but the thing about Reese Plumley, and you said it, um, he's definitely much more of a run first uh, quarterback. But I mean, he he had a hundred and fifty four carries for a um, thousand yards and twelve TDs, not playing full time all season. And no, he wasn't much as a passer. He was uh, 79 of 150 with four TDs and three interceptions. But when you're that electric as a runner and you throw in Lane Kiffin as your new coach, I think Kiffin will develop him as a quarterback. Do I think he's going to be a premier arm? Not necessarily. But if he can keep running it like that, he's going to be very successful because in the SEC, you don't typically see a quarterback like this. Because, I mean, overall, the SEC is a typical, at least as a generalized conference, you think of more of big-armed or game-manager kind of guys with powerful running backs. You don't see as many dual-threat kind of guys in the hard-nosed SEC. Reese Plumley can totally change that dynamic, and even if they're up against... Um, you know, a giant like a LSU, Alabama, Georgia. When you're that dynamic with your legs, it it's very hard to stop, and it's totally a curveball. Um, from from the rest of the competition.
1: I agree for sure, one hundred percent.
0: Um, six. I have Bonex. I am a outspoken hater of Bonex. I don't care for Bonex. I think Jaden Daniels is much better than him. Um, I don't like Auburn. But Bonex is good, and he, he, he was only a freshman, and he flashed lots of potential in the Alabama game, in the Oregon game. He had his hiccups, which playing as a true freshman in the SEC, I mean, that's what Reese Plumlee is also a true freshman that wasn't expected to really play. Uh, freshman in the SEC starting, it, it, it's quite the task. So through 16 touchdowns, had six, interception, six interceptions, could get it done on the ground. Um, I think he's a solid quarterback. He'll he'll I, I think he'll improve. I don't think he'll necessarily have an absolute breakout year, but he's a solid quarterback. I think I mean, I don't know. I think he he's a he's a good quarterback. Um not much more to him. He'll keep he'll keep getting better and better, I think. I don't know if he's ever going to be like the elite of the elite in the SEC, but definitely Bo Nix is more than serviceable for a program like Auburn.
1: I agree for sure.
0: Um at five, I have Kellen Mond, and I think th- this top five, um, you can kind of, it- it's all about your perception. I think Kellen Mond, he could be in line for the breakout year, but I feel like ever since even his freshman year, we've been talking about it, and that's not to say he's been solid. He was solid in 2018. He was solid in 2019, but people were predicting him to have that burrow kind of breakout year. I'm not exactly sure. I like Texas A&M, but Kellen Bond hasn't proven anything to me in the big game um, here. Like, let, let me pull up his stats, his game-by-game stats this year. Um, his big numbers were – his big numbers – okay, he, he had a good game against Auburn. But when you look at the bit, he, he was 24-42 against Alabama, 264 two TDs. All right. Um, didn't do well against Mississippi State. Um, was really inefficient against Georgia. Um, was was awful against LSU. I just need... An, I, I, until he proves um, his ability to play in the big game, which he very well could, um, I'm going to leave him at five. The upside's there. Um, has that dual threat ability, and I like Jimbo Fisher, but I need Calamon to show it to me. Um, and then at four, I have uh, KJ Costello. I can't speak. KJ Costello. Um, I think... The uh, experience that you mentioned um, is really key. But the reason I'm going to leave Costello at four is for a couple of reasons. Um, first off, it is he is all transferring into the SEC. He's, he's been good at Stanford. Um, he was very good in that 2018 season and showed a lot of promise that 2017 season. Um, but the SEC, again, is a different animal. And then you throw him in with Mike Leach who typically has been, you know, that's a great place to be a quarterback. You're going to put up gaudy numbers. But I'm not sure how the air raid is necessarily going to translate to the SEC. So those question marks limit Costello to num- number four for me. I think he could easily – he totally makes the argument for number one, given um, this year, you, you do uh coming into here, he didn't necessarily have that bona fide number one. It's more a group of good quarterbacks, not necessarily elite quarterbacks. Um, I'm gonna leave Costello at four. I think really any of this top four you can kind of arrange as you please. But I I have Costello four here. Um at three, respectable. Yeah. Um at three I have the combination of Mac Jones and Bryce Young. So I have I have Alabama and then um uh, my next team grouped as two. I don't know if that kind of throws kinda of gives away my number two team, but Mac Jones, I mean, more than solid. He was he, he was he was good. He did. Auburn was really the only like good team he played like here, let me I, again, I don't want to say anything incorrect. I say this every time it just sounds like I'm not prepared with my notes cuz like I'm, I gotta, I got to I got to look it all up. Um in terms of significant playing time, he came in relief against Mississippi State. It was fine. Had a great game against Western Carolina. Um, and against Auburn, he he made some really good plays. He was twenty six thirty nine, three hundred and thirty five yards, four touchdowns, and he just had the one pick six that was totally on him. And then there was another one where he, he it was uh, Najee Harris was running. Uh, uh, he was running. Uh, I don't even remember what exactly route it was, but Mac threw a ball at him, um, and it was like it was at his back, which okay wasn't a good throw, but. Uh, I wanna say Najee like tried to catch it like with his hands behind his back and then it popped and went all the way back. But he showed those flashes. He played well in the bowl game. I don't I, I don't love Mac Jones' upside, but the fact that he has all the talent he does with Najee Harris. Um you got Jalen Waddle and Devonta Smith. It, it's hard not to succeed in Alabama system, like you said. So um I don't think he's gonna be anything like a Heisman candidate. Um, definitely a step back from like two on Jalen Hurts dynamic uh playmakers at quarterback, but more than serviceable. And as well, I mean I expect Mac to at least start the year, but Bryce Young is so talented. And I know the SEC again, so hard to just come in as a true freshman at any point, but Bryce Young is just so talented. I think um upon you know the start, he, he'll be one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC. He's just so dynamic, and granted, I haven't been on this earth for that long, and I haven't been able to be um, an in-depth college football and just sports fan for that long, but I haven't seen a quarterback quite like Bryce Young coming out of high school, so it'll be fun to see him. And whoever's whoever's at the helm of that Alabama team, it's hard for them to not, you know, dominate, really.
1: Um, right, yeah, I, I think Bryce is he's probably going to be one of the best – Quarterbacks Alabama has definitely seen, and uh, probably the past ten or fifteen years, um, maybe maybe even twenty. I guess you could say. Yeah, but, uh, he's definitely one of those one of those really really talented guys that you just got to watch out for.
0: That's the one thing, and I mean, I'm not I'm not the biggest Mac fan um, for various reasons. And, but I, I just want alabama to be successful but my one concern is so Mac's going to be a redshirt junior i believe if mac you know confirm, you know gets that starting role um plays well and then ends up coming back for his redshirt senior year i if if Bryce Young transfers out of the program does something like the Justin Fields which i'm sorry to have to bring that up um but that that'd just be awful um and i just i don't know I, I think regardless, they're able to find a way to play him. And if anyone can be able to talk, talk a guy into staying. I mean, it was a similar situation with Tua. Tua almost was going to leave. Um, I just I really hope they don't let Bryce Young slip, which you, you can't think like that. you got to worry about winning because ultimately Alabama will put forth a talented quarterback. But I, I want to see Bryce Young stay there. I think it'll be scary. But... Number two, I have your Georgia Bulldogs, which first off, I mean, I really, I I'm, I don't dislike Georgia um, compared to other teams in the SEC. Um, obviously, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a Georgia fan, but I mean, I enjoy watching Georgia play. I think it's fun. Um, Kirby, I, I don't know how I feel about Kirby Smart as much since he's left Alabama, kind of just trying to make a carbon copy, but I have nothing wrong with Georgia. I think good program to watch. I, I, I'd much rather... Um, Watch Georgia, or at least root for Georgia than LSU, Auburn, even Tennessee. Um, and I mean, I visited um, Athens. Um, I we went to UGA. Uh, my sister was looking there for college. I mean, it was pretty nice. Um, definitely no 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 hate to Georgia. I'm not. I wouldn't again. Not a Georgia fan. I have a really comfy sweatshirt though um, from UGA. So. Um, sorry. Yeah,
1: Georgia's a great college
0: town. Yeah. Um. Sorry. That 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 kind of that came out of nowhere. But um, number two, Georgia back on task. Jamie Newman, J T. Daniels. We already went over it. Um. I don't think it really is going to deviate, uh, regardless of who starts. I I think it will be Jamie, and I think Jamie will. Pro- I I think would be slightly better. But I mean, they're they're both studs with a lot of talent around them. Um, I trust uh, – you guys – I want to say Georgia got a new offensive coordinator. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did they get Munkin?
1: They did get Monkin yeah.
0: I like that a lot um, better than – what was his name, Chaney?
1: Uh, yeah, it was Jim Chaney. And um, trying to think of the guy's name last year. Um, Coley. Uh, forget his first name, but I know it's Coley.
0: Yeah, uh, I, th- I think it'll be interesting to see um, with potentially a competent offensive coordinator, I think the ceiling – is really high for whichever starts. And then at number one, I have Kyle Trask. I think what really puts Trask ahead for me is his ability to play in those big games because Kyle Trask, I mean, the guy, uh, I don't know if you've read about him, he really didn't start, like, ever because in high school, he went to the same high school as Eric King, so he played, but he wasn't he wasn't that main guy. He was still very good and was able to get recruited to Florida, but he hadn't been in that spot. Like he came to Florida, uh, waited, you know, waited his turn. Still hadn't played. Got that opportunity, and I mean, he ran with it. He threw for nearly three thousand yards, uh, twenty-five touchdowns to seven interceptions. And when you look at the game breakdown, he just he battled. And oh, at, at a school like Florida, where I feel like their quarterbacks, like including Felipe Franks, last couple years, um, have really folded um, in those big games. He he he's given them a chance. Um, oh, ESPN, please don't just play that as I'm looking it up. Um like you you uh, LSU absolutely battled. 23 of 39, 310 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. You go into Death Valley and you do that and I mean, I'm l- looking at his time. He he took over in the Kentucky game, so that was his that was his fourth college start. Auburn, 19 of 31, 234 yards, two touchdowns. Is that wild? No, but it got it done. Rallying back against Kentucky in the game he took over when Franks got hurt. 9 of 13, 126 yards. Um, he really didn't have, like, a bad game. Um, Vandy he somehow threw two interceptions, but he was just really good, and he's not hes not the sexiest pick, but he's just so consistent. And, do I? I don't necessarily know if he's going to put up you know, insane quarterbacks and he might not have the highest upside of these guys. Like I don't think he's gonna have a have a sniff of going to New York for the Heisman finalist. But the guy the guy's balled out in the big games and really just every game. Um it's a small sample size, but I'm totally on the Kyle Trask Trask train and he is my number one quarterback in the SEC.
1: Alright, I like the pick. Uh I think I think that Trask could probably absolutely go to New York, uh, for the Heisman ceremony. Uh, if Florida does as well as Florida fans think they're going to do next year, then I think he definitely has a shot of, uh, of getting a Heisman. It just, it kind of all depends on what kind of numbers he puts up, obviously, and, uh, how well Florida does all together.
0: I, yeah, that is fair. I, I guess I undersold him a little bit. Um, but no, totally. if Florida is able to beat Georgia if, if they win um, their side of the SEC. And I mean, if they did that, you'd have to imagine he'd be the leading cocky. I I think he could be up there. I think I sold him short. Sure. My point was more so that um, like Jamie Newman, J T Daniels, or Mac Jones, Bryce Young um, at those at their respective schools, um, it could be, they could have easier paths to. Uh, going to New York so that's on me I don't think I said that very well but um anything else uh SEC related you want to hit on before we uh talk a little NBA uh
1: no man I think we covered covered a lot of it I mean man Um, I uh I
0: hope we get it I think we haven't seen any big SEC guys opt out um I know Micah Parsons opted out uh, Rondell Moore and Gregory uh, Rousseau both opted out today, I believe.
1: Yeah, man, that sucks. that sucks about Rondell. I really wanted to watch him next year.
0: It sucks because, really, we only got one year of Rondell. And, boy, was it electric. I mean, you can't blame any of these guys, I, I understand. And, specifically, I mean, it's these big-name guys who are probably going to be day one anyways, whether they play or not. Um, Just unfortunate. Hope we're able to you know get the season done fans no fans i just i need college football in my life this um this fall
1: yeah i agree it's not a fall without college football.
0: it's not a fall you know saturday's for the boys saturday's are for college football it's uh that's how, that's how it is I, I don't know how what i'm supposed to do with my weekends
1: absolutely i agree um
0: and then okay let's talk a little basketball um i i don't talk a lot of nba a lot of basketball overall because it's not my forte but I mean, it's it's big right now. Um, you got the bubble. We're coming close to the playoffs. Um, you got the heavyweights like the Lakers, um, the Bucks, and such. Um, is there like a sleeper? Maybe multiple sleeper teams you could see that make some noise. Um, in the playoffs.
1: Right, and kind of like you were uh, were saying too. I'm not a huge NBA guy, but you know, it's it's the only thing on right now, really. So uh, we kind of got to watch it. But uh, I had two sleeper sleeper teams, actually. I had the Nuggets and, uh, and the Pacers. So I'll hit on the Nuggets first. Um, you know, they got uh, Nikola Jokic, um, Bull Bull. Uh, I think Bull Bull's kind of debut, his first, his freshman season, I guess you could say, in the NBA. Uh, he obviously has been all over ESPN, Bleacher Report, you name it. He's been there. Uh, and it's for... Really good reason. I mean, he's put up uh, pretty good numbers, pretty solid numbers for somebody who's never played an NBA game before, you know, these scrimmages in the bubble. So uh, I had the Nuggets there just because of uh, Nikola Jokic and um, and um, Bull Bull. But uh, the Pacers at number two for me, um, you know, the Pacers with TJ1, obviously he's been lighting it up. Uh, some some people have, you know, said that he could be the early MVP of the uh the year. So uh, I think he's put up thirty five points a game in these past uh three or four games. So uh yeah, they lost to the uh the Suns tonight, but before that they were three and and T J Warren's been tearing it up, so that's who I have there.
0: Yeah. So I the one that I mainly wrote down was the Nuggets. Um I think you got Jokic. Um, uh, Jamal Murray's a great second-hand guy, and I mean Michael Porter Jr. Same with you could say you could put him up there with TJ Warren. He's um, he's been absolutely dominating the bubble. We know him and Popo both. I mean they're talented when they're healthy. So if they're full strength, they're scary. Um, here I'll I'll, I'll I'll mention some other teams though. Um, in the West, um, I'd say the Trailblazers. Um, they're, they're still on the fringe of even making the playoffs. And I'm not, this isn't to say that they'll make a deep run, but you don't want to, in the first round, you don't want to have to see Damian Lillard. Um, I, I mean, they're not, they're not a powerhouse by any means, but him and McCollum, good, uh, good combination. You know, we, I want to see Carmelo Anthony succeed. Um, I think, uh, just first round, you don't want to see a guy like Damian Lillard, um, and then I feel like in the East, most people have kind of assumed that it's gonna be um, the Milwaukee Bucks um, going to the NBA Finals, which is fair. I think they w- will be, would be my pick, and if rightfully so, um, are gonna be most people's. But this, I mean, I, I don't see why the Celtics can't have a chance. I'm not necessarily picking them, and they they they're most likely gonna be the, the three seed. So it's not necessarily the boldest of bold picks, but. They're just they I mean, they're uber talented. Uh, Tatum, Kemba, and Jalen Brown all very good. Gordon Hayward solid. Um, and correct me if any of this is wrong. I'm really not caught up on basketball with like injuries and guys opting out. So if I say anything wrong, uh, correct me. Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart's a solid, solid option. Um, I I don't know. I think they just have that talent at the top. Um, that in the NBA, if you get on a hot if you get on a roll, um, you're on a hot streak. I don't see why um, they can't make at least a little bit of noise, push teams to the brink. Um, so, yeah, that's th- me rambling about nothing I know in the NBA for two seconds. Um, <laughs> me
1: too.
0: Uh, anything you want to touch on before we transition to the two-minute drill?
1: Um, I know you said your uh, your pick for the East was the Bucks. I actually have the Raptors. Coming out of the East for a second year in the row in, in a row, um, you know, no Kawhi Leonard, but uh, they've been tearing it up, and I think Nick Nurse is the best coach in the NBA.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I think that's totally fair. Um, they've totally gotten it done without Kawhi, which is really, like you said, speaking volume to um, how good of a coach uh, Nick Nurse is. And here, I again for something like the basketball, I need to I need to make sure I have my numbers up. Um one second Toronto Raptors. Congratulations uh, with all your uh, army stuff, man. Um glad <laughs> <Thank> to <you. laughs> glad to see um uh, Toronto Raptors stats. Um got to defend our country, man. Uh you're going into your senior year though, right? So you have another right. year before you go off.
1: Yeah, um, I-, I have a while. Yeah, you know, I'm just getting
0: prepared though. Gotta be prepared. Yeah, makes sense. Um so yeah, I mean the Raptors, I'm I'm looking at it. I just wanna make sure I have my numbers right and wasn't forgetting anyone. I mean Siakam's developing into an absolute beast. You saw him you saw a little bit of him last year, um, what he could be. Um Kyle Lowry Saw Ward, of course. Um, Fred Van Fleet's been really fun to watch ever since um at Wichita State, so Definitely can't fall you for going with the Raptors there.
1: Yeah, um, and I think I think Van fleet has been so underrated his entire career and I think this year is kinda it's of, kinda of waking some people up almost, you know, not being under uh the Rosen shadow as he was, you know, before Kawhi and then of course you had Kawhi, so I think he's doing a lot this year for sure.
0: Yeah. Totally Here, uh let me see. Anything me I? I always I feel like whenever I record, um something big happens as I'm recording, so let me make sure See if any. I get big any uh, ESPN headlines. Um, I don't think anything's happened. Okay, so it doesn't look like it. But um, any again, anything you want to add before we go to the two minute drill? Uh,
1: no, man. I think I think that does it.
0: All right. So for those who haven't listened, um, first off, go back listen to all the other episodes. Where I'm, uh, I'm grinding these episodes out. Um, if you got nothing to do. Uh, still kind of locked in binge listen, promise uh, they won't disappoint, or, you know, maybe they will, but, you know, don't hurt my feelings. Um, but the two-minute drill its just uh, rapid-fire questions to my guests, uh, has two minutes to answer them. Um, at first, I mean, I thought it was going to be um, kind of easy. Um, first couple guys got it done um, pretty pretty fast, but you got to find that right balance of giving enough details but also keeping your answers quick and concise. So, Austin, how are you feeling about this? Think you can get it done?
1: Uh, it might be a struggle, but I think I think I'll pull it through.
0: All right. Uh, you ready to go?
1: Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it.
0: Okay, going in three, two, one. Florida or LSU?
1: Uh, Florida. You know Kyle Trask coming back this year. Uh, he was pretty electric last year. I know they're always going to be pretty tough team in the east uh they always have been they always will be I think they'll compete with Georgia now on the LSU side of things uh you know they return Stingley but they lose uh Delpit obviously Joe Burrow um Justin Jefferson they're not going to be nearly the team that they were last year and I think uh with the new you know 10 game all SEC schedule it's going to show I think Florida definitely finishes a little higher and uh you know uh, a much better team than lsu this next year.
0: Alright, that took a lot. You're gonna have to go fast. Middleton uh slash Giannis or Russ and Harden.
1: Uh Russ and Harden. They have a lot of experience. Um Middleton and Giannis are kinda new, but Russ and Harden have been doing it, you know, since the OKC days, so I gotta go Russ and Harden. Alright, gotta
0: go fast. Only have a minute left. MJ or LeBron.
1: Uh MJ. Uh how, oh, sorry. No, you got it go. Uh how
0: will Wisconsin do in twenty twenty?
1: I uh, had him going eight and two with losses to Purdue and Michigan.
0: Uh, most exciting player to watch in sports.
1: Rondell Moore. We only got one year, but you know what NFL, it's coming.
0: Uh, favorite baseball player.
1: Ronald Acuna Jr. He's young. He's fun. He hits home runs.
0: Uh, Mac Jones or Bryce Young.
1: Mac Jones for now. Bryce Young in the future.
0: Uh, least favorite college football program.
1: Alabama. I hate them and uh, go dogs.
0: <laughs> Trubisky or Foles.
1: Foles, Trubisky's awful.
0: Um, best coach uh, in all of sports.
1: Nick Saban, hands down. Even though I hate him.
0: Uh, most overrated player in the NFL. Uh,
1: Aaron Rodgers, I think. <laughs> he uh, only got one ring, and you know he's always at the top. So Aaron Rodgers.
0: Who's winning NBA MVP?
1: James Harden. He's putting up the best numbers.
0: All right, we're gonna go over, but it's all right. Uh, college football freshman, you're most excited to see this year.
1: Uh, Zach Evans. He's a nutcase, but he's the most talented. Uh. Running back we've seen come out of high school in a while.
0: Uh, rank the first round quarterbacks from this past draft.
1: Number one, Joe Burrow. Number two, Herbert. Number three, Tua, and number four, Jordan Love.
0: Uh, uh, who is the second best team in the ACC?
1: Uh, North Carolina or Miami? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with North Carolina.
0: Uh, will Texas be back under Tom Herman? Absolutely. Uh, uh no. <laughs> uh, who will inevitably replace Clay Helton?
1: Urban Meyer, I think it's going to happen. He's pulled a switcheroo before, and it's going to happen again.
0: Uh, Braves' final record.
1: 37-23, first in the NL East, and, you know, uh, they'll get swept in the first round.
0: <laughs> all right, uh, that'll do it. Uh, really, all oh, that voice crack. Um, took a little too long on the first one. Um, I appreciate the depth, yeah. but I, I think if, if you keep that one a little down, you would have gotten it done. Um I might, I really might have to just shorten the uh the questions and let people give a, a little more analysis time. Um nonetheless, no, that I mean was, that
1: I it's pre- my fault. I got to kind of got a little carried away.
0: No, I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you have to uh suffer the, you know, the the consequences of failing the dreaded two-minute drill—you might not, you might not bounce back from that. But ultimately, I appreciate the insight. Um, really appreciated having you on. Oh, yeah. Um, always, always game to talk SEC football. Um, definitely one of the smartest people I know when it comes to uh, talking down south. Um, on Saturdays so that came out really weird and didn't sound good, but nonetheless, um. <laughs> Thank you for joining me, Austin. Um, have a great rest of your night. Anything you'd like to say before we go? Uh,
1: go, dogs, and uh, we're going to beat Alabama this coming year. That's all I got to say.
0: Uh, that, that remains to be seen. But uh, thank you guys for listening. Make sure to check out the blog, the redshirt.blog, um, the Instagram, the redshirt the Twitter, which I say at every episode, I need to get going, um, at the Red Shirt blog. Um, stay tuned, have some things in the works, um, on some social medias, trying to expand the brand, but, um, that'll conclude this episode of the Red Shirt podcast. Thanks for listening.